Hey there, welcome to Vision Eternity Ministries. My name is Lee Klein. Jesus has revealed to me that we are not ready for his return. And so, because he wants us to be ready, he's been correcting us. He's been telling us things to come, instructing us. So on that day that we can stand before him without spot or wrinkle, perfect, meaning grown up and looking like him, ready to just walk into and live in the kingdom. Acknowledge me with him, would you? Jesus, we acknowledge you. We thank you and praise you that you're here, that you're teaching us your way. We want to know what you know. We want to be corrected. We want to have eyes to see. So we love you. We praise you. And we just welcome you here today and the revelation knowledge you want to give us. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to just um, read this to you. I wrote this down. Of course, this is going to be in a book. Um, it was just a, a few years ago. It was a warning. And a few years before that, I had a warning. And I'm to share my warning with you. So I have written down his voice was strong and stern as the words pulled at me straight up into a sitting position on the edge of my bed. I felt as I was a soldier at attention before King Jesus. And I know he was standing in my room. I couldn't see him with my eyes, but I knew that he was there. He was standing next to the door and I heard him sternly declare the hour of Jesus has come. And then I heard, what does that mean, Lord? And it came up on the inside of me. And he answered, a time of testing is at hand. Well, needless to say, I was freaking out and I was afraid. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't doing these videos. I wasn't writing books. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, same as last time I was corrected. I kept falling off of my assignment two days later. And I want to mention that day I went to the store. And one of the reasons I was so freaked out is because people were just cleaning the shelves off. It was as, it was as though he was coming that day. I was really, really afraid. I was depressed. I, I was upset with myself for letting things go again. And also realizing that my excuses were invalid once again. So two days later in the morning, I heard him again. A great hour of testing is at hand. This time his voice was above my head. Both times were audible. The time before that I was corrected was audible. So anyway, it caused me to look up because that's where his voice was. Usually it seems to be on the right side when he talks to me audibly. But these two times are different. It was in front of me and then over my head. So two seconds later, I heard him again. He said, I am frustrated. Obey me. And we've been talking about the testing, the frustration, and um, obeying him. And so we're going to continue to talk about that. That day when he said that, he was frustrated. Of course, I thought he was just talking to me. And he was talking to me. But part of what he was saying is share this word that I'm giving you because you're not alone. And then he said, it's not a time to get depressed and give up and, and just throw in the towel, which is what I was thinking. I missed it. I'm going to hell. I'm not going to make it. But it's time to get going. There's not much time left. Jesus is coming and we need to get ready. So that said, um, this morning, um, because of 
yesterday's message, I guess, uh, which um, I did actually last week. So you don't hear the message the day of. Um, you hear them done before. So it, it was last week, I believe, that I did the message. And um, I was talking about when, and it's going up today, and talking about when people say, um, everything happens for a reason. And I was on Facebook and I saw that. And then somebody said, and I want to know the reason. Don't you want to know the reason sometimes or something like that? And so that's what um, the video that went up today, that's what that video is about. And so then that led to me thinking about the quote that says, Lord, help me to accept the things that I cannot change. And I know that that is not true because it's opposed to the word. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus instead said, talk to the mountain. He said in Mark 11, he said, have faith in God constantly. And before that, the day before that, he cursed a fig tree. And the disciples are freaking out the next morning when they saw that it was withered from the roots. Just what Jesus told it to do, it did. And he said to them, have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it'll be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, be confident that it's granted to you and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, let it go, let it drop so that your father can forgive you. And I was... Um, reading out of the Amplified Classic Bible here and there at the end. So the only thing really that we can't change is God's principles, his will. And so, but he is asking us to change our circumstances. So the mountain represents the problem. And the first thing he said is you have to have faith in God. And the reason we don't have faith in God to change our circumstances is because we don't go to the word and we look at it. We live by hearsay. And so actually, when I um, looked up this phrase, because um, I just wanted to do a little pre-study on it, I found out that it's in all the AA books. So people are thinking, and this I didn't know before, people are thinking that they can't change. They can't change that they're an alcohol alcoholic. And I even heard someone the other day say, I've accepted this. I can't change it. I've learned to live with it. This is what I was dealt. And I hear that a lot. And I, of course, don't argue with people because they're, they're, what they're saying is, I'm not going to believe God for this. I'm not going to change this. This is what he gave me. And so everything that happens, people are thinking, happens because God wanted it to happen. It was his will. And the reason they're thinking that is because they don't know his will. When we don't look at the word of God, we don't know his will. We don't know what he's thinking. We don't know what is right or true. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And so they're thinking that this addiction that they have or any addiction that we have is what we've been dealt and we can't help it. We can't help it. But Jesus is saying you can help it. He said, have faith in God. Jesus cursed a fig tree because there's no fruit on it. He said, have faith in God constantly. So you have to have a for sure constant faith. 
Jesus said, or the word says in um, James 1.5, that you can ask God for wisdom, but if you're double-minded about it, he's not going to give you wisdom. So constant faith in God is being constant in God, being engaged with him. When you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, what you're saying is, Lord, I want to be engaged with you. I want to be recreated in your likeness. I want to do your will. And then you find out what his will is, and you stick to that commitment, and you're getting married. You're going to marry him. And so having faith in God it constantly is a commitment that, hey, so I'm engaged with you through thick or thin, whatever I have to go through, I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to move in with you. And you have that constant commitment. You've made that commitment. You've decided this is what you're going to do. Truly, I tell you, whoever says if you have constant faith in God and you say to this mountain, this is an impossibility, this is a problem, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says, it will take place for him. Let me read this to you again. Verse 23, truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. So I think that when we learn this, when we were learning this, we talk to the problem, but we really don't believe that it's going to happen. And it sometimes it takes uh, like a dire situation, like life or death. And, and this word, you're, you're hearing the word and hearing the word. And then in this crisis, it just rises up on the inside of you and you mean it and you say it and you believe that it's going to happen. So sometimes when things get worse instead of better and you get angry is when you're really having faith and you really believe and you're commanding it. And of course, Jesus had that kind of faith all the time. He has that faith because he's constantly hearing the Father because he made that decision that he's going to be one with him. He said, what the Father says, I'm going to say. What, he, what he's going to do, I'm going to do. I'm going to do what the Father tells me to do. And so when you have that commitment, you're going to get to the place where you have that faith, and especially in a crisis, and you're going to say it, and you're going to believe it, and it's going to happen. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you have constant faith, you know, if you take a break from believing God for something, if you sit down on the bench and like I was and stop doing the word, your faith is going to dwindle away. And Jesus said that. He said, whatever you hear, if you don't keep hearing, even what you had is going to be taken from you by force. And we know, know that force is from the enemy. And so you have to constantly be, you have to constantly be paying attention, sitting as a soldier on the end of your bed, paying attention. That's, that's what Jesus was saying. Pay attention. Do you realize what you're doing? You're giving up eternal life. You're sitting there and you're not doing anything. I gave you this wonderful assignment to bring life and peace and health to you. You get to use your gifts and your talents, enjoy your life, and work your way to eternal life. Yes, I said work. It is a work to obey Jesus. The kingdom of God, Jesus said himself, is taken by force. you got to go after it. It's a work to believe. 
everybody around you is going to talk you out of it. There aren't many believers. Jesus said, well, I find faith on the earth when I come. Will you be in faith or will you be in bed? Jesus pulled me up out of bed and got me at attention. He got my attention when I thought I was going to perish. You know, getting off here a little bit maybe, but sometimes we're so afraid to scare people, to tell them the truth. But I want to tell you, Jesus scared me. He told me the truth and it scared me. I didn't think that I was going to hell. I didn't think that he was um, so hard. <laughs> and and I say that to him right sometimes, you know, wow, you're just so hard on me. But you know what? The truth is a truth and the lie is a lie. And if you're on middle ground, you're lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, then what's going to happen next? If he doesn't wake you up, if he doesn't scare you into being on fire for him again. The enemy is constantly trying to get you to quit and give up, to look at your circumstances and just quit because of what it looks like. And so we constantly have to be working. And then for him to tell me that it's an hour of testing, and I will tell you, I have been through some testing. The enemy is going to come and test you. He's going to try to get you to quit and to give up. He's going to test you. Your faith is going to be tested. And you have to be adamant. You have to be for sure. You have to be at attention. I'm going to do this, and I'm not backing down, no matter what it looks like. And, and so it's not that you can't do anything about your circumstances. It might look that way for a while because there is a time of testing. Because when we quit and we give up for a while, when we faint, we actually have to start all over again. Just like when you plant a seed in the ground and you pull it out, you got to put it back in there and grow it back up. You got to get back on your horse. And so if it's taking a while, that doesn't mean that what you say isn't going to happen, but you got to keep saying it and you have to be constant. It doesn't mean that you have to accept things the way they are. In fact, if you do, you're doomed. And that's what he was telling me. This is not a time to quit and give up. This is a time of testing. And I'm going to just prophesy to you today right now. It's not a time for you to quit and give up, but to get going. Jesus is coming and you want to be caught on a break, sleeping, not doing his will. Or it'll be as a thief in the night that he came. You weren't ready. If you knew the thief was, thief was coming, you'd be ready for him. If you knew Jesus was coming, you'd be ready for him. If you don't know he's coming, you're not standing at attention. You're not at attention. You're not paying attention. You're going to believe these lies like, well, I can't change this thing. And um, God really was um, adamant this morning about saying, I want you to talk. And I know I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth here, but I just want you to pay attention to what he's saying today. He's talking about those of you who have things in your life, addictions, and you're thinking that you can't change it, that you can't talk to the problem. And really, it's the enemy. He's got you in bondage in your thinking, thinking that lie that you can't change this. No wonder 
they have this class and don't get anywhere. You can change it. You can talk to the mountain. You can have constant faith and believe. Any, any addiction that you have, Jesus can help you with it. He will help, with, help you with it. But you have to give him attention. You have to sit at attention and hear what he's saying. Have ears to hear, mean, meaning just let go of what you think you know. Let go of the fact that you think that you're ready. So moving back down in, in verse 23, Truly I tell you, whoever says to the mountain, be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and does not doubt it all in his heart, but believes what he says, it'll take place. It will be done for him. For this reason, verse 24, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and, and be confident that it's granted to you, and you will get it. Believe, trust, be confident. If you have constant faith, you are going to believe. You're going to trust. When there's no other way out, <laughs> that that's when people really get their, I don't know for lack of a better word, believer on. They start really believing, okay, if you don't do this, I'm doomed. So I'm just going to believe that you're going to do it. And then they spend extra time seeking Jesus because they know. That faith comes when you sit with Jesus. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. They know they were slacking. We know we were slacking. And so when things get really serious, then you get really serious. I started getting really serious when my son was born with a birth defect. When there was nothing anybody else could do. And praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. He was there in my hospital room telling me there was nothing he could do but I would see my son healed. And so I had faith. I had faith. He brought me that faith. And we're not going to talk about today. There was nothing he, he could do. We've talked about that, but just simply said, if you're outside of his will, if you're not talking to the mountain, if you're not obeying him, then things aren't going to work out that way. That doesn't mean that this quote is true, that I should accept the way he was born. And I can't tell you the countless people at church, Christians, who told me to accept it. Just accept it. He's doing really good. Isn't this good enough for you? Even after for uh, a couple of miracles. Isn't this good enough for you? Just accept it the way it is. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said he bore our sickness, our disease, our sorrow, our pain. By his stripes, we were healed. He's saying, talk to the mountain, talk to the problem. So I'm not going to accept this. This is his will. This is his idea. He took those stripes for our healing as a provision for when we got sick, way before we ever even got sick. A man said this. This is not in the Bible. A lot of people think this is a quote from the Bible, and it's not. And it's just because, Lord, help me to accept the things I cannot change. Help me. And he's not going to do that because that's not his word. He's not a mystery. He's telling you in his word who he is. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you asked for, ask for, Believe, trust, and be confident that it's granted to you, and you will get it. But when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him 
let it drop, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven will forgive you your own feelings and shortcomings. Let them drop. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your feelings and shortcomings. So if you won't forgive, this isn't going to work for you. And then you're going to end up in the category of those walking down the wide path, perishing for lack of knowledge, and you're going to believe that this was dished out to you and you got to accept it. Give me the grace, Lord, to accept the things I cannot change. So the only thing we can't change is God's will, what he put in place. And we can't change his law, but we can change our circumstances by not following his law. By not believing, then you're going to stay in that same situation that you're in. And so you can change his will his good and perfect will for you and make it your will. That you can do. And that's what a lot of people do. They just think that they were born this way. It's their inheritance. But Jesus didn't say that. He said anything is possible for him who believes. And so Jesus wants to challenge you today to let go of that addiction to know that the enemy has you bound in your thinking. As a man thinks, so is he. The enemy comes in your thinking to try to control you. That's why Corinthians says to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the word. Don't live by theories and reasonings. Don't believe the lie, but know the truth, and that truth will set you free. Know that the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said that he's out to steal kill, and destroy. And the first thing he steals is the truth, the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word is God. So he wants to steal the word of God from you. And Jesus said, if you don't understand that, you won't understand anything. He's trying to steal the truth from you. So he's trying to get you to believe the lie that it's an addiction. It's an addiction that you, you can't let go of. It's something that you just got to learn to accept. Sickness and disease, you've got to learn to accept it. Whatever it is you're going through, the enemy's going to tell you that, well, you can't change it. Just accept it. Do the best you can. I told you that's what was said to me. Just accept him where he's at. He's doing really good. You're really, really blessed. But I continue to believe and believe. Because I heard the word and I believe the word. You can look at the word and you can believe the word and you can change your circumstances. And it's not always overnight because knowing the will of God is knowing his principles and that's being recreated in his likeness, getting rid of those spots and wrinkles. So as James says, count it all joy when you're going through all this, when the enemy comes up against you. When you're going through testing, because you're going to come out mature. Patient, you're going to have patience. You're going to be mature. You're going to have integrity. And you're not going to lack anything. And that's the place we got to get to. And so Jesus is saying, you're not ready. You're not being recreated in my likeness. You're still believing the lie of the enemy. And it frustrates me. It frustrates me that you're not living 
the best. It frustrates me that you don't know this, that you haven't taken the time to know me. It frustrates me that you're walking in less than and not more than. More than you can ask or think. I have come that you may have life. Have it to the full. I have more for you than you can ask or think. I have a good plan for you. I have a plan, a path for you to walk, to be recreated in my likeness. And that path leads to the good life here and eternal life when you leave here. And so stop accepting things the way they are. But go ahead and believe what Jesus did for you. When he gave up his life for you so that he could come and live on the inside of you, right then you had his power, you have his power now to overcome any addiction. He lives on the inside of you. How can you not overcome if you draw on his strength? But if you deny him, which frustrates him, if you think everything happens for a reason and there's nothing you can do about it, that there's a reason for it, there is a reason for it, and the reason is you're not taking that authority that he gave you and overcome. You know, the word says Revelation 3.5, that if you're not an overcomer, your name's going to be blotted out of the book of life. And so, yes, Jesus is frustrated that you're not doing anything about your circumstances. Get up. Get up and praise the Lord. Get up and take that authority over the enemy and stop letting him lie to you. Learn to discern his voice. Learn that he talks opposed, opposite of what Jesus would say. Jesus said, let there be light. God said, let there be light. Jesus said, walk in the light. The enemy wants you to walk in the doom and the gloom. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I, may, I came that you may have life, have it to the full, until it overflows. Jesus gave his life for you because he loves you. He said to me one day, he said, it hurts me when you hurt, and that's why I took your hurt. That's why I got on the cross for you, because it hurt him to watch you hurt. Jeremiah 29, 11, I have a plan for you, for your good, for your welfare, not to harm you. But the enemy is going to come and he's going to say, God's trying to harm you. You got to just take that. You got to keep that. Jesus gave his life so you don't have to keep that. He took those stripes for your healing. And we're making light of it. We don't believe it because we're letting the enemy talk us out of it. We're looking at what we see. That's not faith. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And you have to decide to believe. When I first started believing, because Jesus said I'd see my son healed, Satan kept coming and saying, well, what if, what if he's not real? What if that wasn't him? What if, what if? Just like he said to Eve, did God really say? And so you got to make a decision. You're going to believe, and that's that. And don't listen to his voice. Command him to stop talking to you. You have authority. 
Jesus said, all power and authority has been given unto me. Now I'm giving it to you. And so don't accept your circumstances, but go ahead and work to change them. Find out what Jesus wants you to do, how you can do it. Faith without action is dead. You can't just say you believe it and walk away, which is what most people do. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Amen. Praise the Lord. But they're not doing what they believe. Faith without action is dead. And ask Jesus to correct you. Ask him to get you sitting at attention, telling you you're not going to make it. Let him scare you. Let him correct you. And the reason he did that is because he loves me. Revelation 3.19, he corrects those he loves. He doesn't want me to go to hell. And so I appreciate him correcting me. I hate it when he corrects me. And it's usually, it's my flesh that doesn't want to give something up or my flesh that doesn't like it. But after I get through it, I love it. Peace, joy, contentment. Living in heaven on the earth when you do what he tells you to do. You want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant that day. You don't want to hear him say, I didn't know you, away from me. And I just want to tell you, right before I end here, that when he showed me I wasn't going to make it twice, if I didn't get going, since then he's brought me to heaven. And I sat at the banquet table with him. And I probably will retell that story, but you can probably look back and find it. I was in heaven, sitting across the table from Jesus at the banquet table, where he was confirming my assignment and confirming that I'm going to make it because I'm seeking to do his will. I'm not letting my circumstances control me. Each time I quit and gave up, I was letting my circumstances control me. And some of those circumstances were rejection. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to be corrected. But Jesus said, Revelation 3.19, he corrects those he loves because he doesn't want you going to hell. And so I'm teaching you this today. I'm sharing with you this today because he doesn't want you to go to hell. If you know me and all I talk about is Jesus, it's because I don't want you to go to hell. So Revelation 3.19, commit. Say, Jesus, correct me. Correct me. I don't want to go to hell. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for loving me enough to tell me the truth and telling me before it's too late. On that day, you don't want to hear him say, away from me, I never knew you. You want to hear him say it now. You're ignoring me. If you don't do my will, I'm going to have to say, I didn't know you on that day. You might leave here before Jesus comes, and it's the same thing. We're all going to stand before him. Revelation 3.20, he said, If you heed my voice, I will come and live on the inside of you. And I want to warn you, if you're not heeding his voice, but you think he's there on the inside of you, you're really being controlled by the enemy, by your flesh. So commit with me today to not only ask him to come and live on the inside of you, to be engaged with him and ready to be recreated in his likeness, ready to move in with him today, but also to stop accepting what is in your life. That reminds me of one day my son was complaining 
And God said, tell him to stop saying what is. God didn't get out in the dark and say, what am I going to do? It's dark. He called it. He called those things to be not as though they were. If you're sick, say, I'm healed. If you're sick, say, I'm healed. If you're broke, say, I'm prosperous. Say, I'm loved. Say what is of good report, Philippians tells us. Think on these things. Stop saying what is. Stop living in the doom and the gloom. Then nothing will change, except you'll get more depressed, darker. Things will get worse. I know that. I've done it. So let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for coming to live on the inside of us. To be our God, we commit to be engaged with you, to stop accepting the way things are and to, to move on and call those things to be not as though they were like you did, to say what you would say and do what you would do and be that witness for you so others can know the truth. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us truth, to change what we need to change, to do what we need to do to even be a part of salvation for many. It's not your will that one should perish, and we can help you change that number. We can help you. Help us to pay attention, to be at attention. Help us, Lord, wake us up, scare us. Love you and praise you in your name. You can change someone's life. You can change someone's life by letting them know the truth, by letting them know they don't have to accept their circumstances. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.